You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is going to be a college basketball primer for the 2022 season. And the way that I'm going to do that today is going to be, I've got six categories and I'm going to run through some superlatives and the things that I'm most looking forward to seeing next season in college basketball. You are locked on the NBA draft. I am your host. It is Sam Ferris. As always, I am excited to join you guys and to talk some basketball. And like we talked about last week, we have now transitioned mostly to looking forward to the next draft cycle and to the next college basketball season. We will certainly still be revisiting the rookies and the young players in the NBA, but we've always got our eye on the future and on the next crop of draft prospects. And I think I've got a really fun episode today where I've got six different topics that I'm going to hit on uh, that are kind of some superlatives. And I've got uh, an answer here for each. I'll give you kind of a a sneak preview of a couple of the categories. For example, uh, which freshman will have the biggest impact on a championship contending team? Uh, Another one is under the radar impactful transfers. And then another one will be a couple of the biggest swing players in college basketball that will have some of the biggest impact on their team success. And I'll get into just a lot of different teams. But first, let's hear from today's title sponsor, which is Wednesdays on the Lockdown NBA. It is small market meets big market. Wednesdays on the Lockdown NBA podcast. Join Jake Madison of the Lockdown Pelicans and John Corrales of Lockdown Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Follow the Lockdown NBA podcast today on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's get into the list that I have set out for myself here. Again, six different prompts. And for each one, actually, I have two different answers, kind of my first selection as well as a runner up. Uh, And the other kind of the only other rule that I have here is once I've used a guy or a certain school, I did not use that school again. So I kind of wanted to spread the wealth here. And so that is what I've done. So just wanted to touch on a lot of different guys and a lot of different teams. So the first prompt or superlative that I'm going to start out with today is this is what I call, we'll see about him as an NBA prospect, but this guy is a much much college basketball player. Uh, In other words, these are my favorite players that I'm most excited to see in college basketball. Don't know exactly yet what they'll be as NBA prospects, but they're guys you're going to want to tune in to see in college basketball next year. So like I said, I've got two answers here. And the first one that I have is Javon Quinterly from Alabama. To me, one of the more exciting, one of the more electric players. Honestly, if you like comparisons, he's kind of like the Kyrie Irving of college basketball, the crossovers, the hezzies kind of the intricate, nice craft finishes also around the rim. He plays for Alabama, which plays at one of the fastest paces in college basketball. 
Just a very exciting brand of basketball under Nate Oates, and they return an awesome backcourt with Shackelford and also a very high recruit joining that backcourt and J.D. Davison. So, yeah, Javon Quinterly is a guy that if you haven't seen him, I would recommend tuning into Alabama games. He was very good for them last year, is going to be an even more important part of their roster next season as they again try to compete and get back to an Elite Eight and Final Four level team. And the second guy I have there, maybe kind of my number two slash honorable mention, is Andre Curbelo out of Illinois. And with him, it kind of starts right with the looks where he's got the headband, he's got the big hair coming out, and he just does play with that flair. The flair of his looks really does match the flair of his game. So look, if if you're like me and you're a sucker for these creative passers, these kind of genius level passers in college basketball that we see uh, maybe every couple years, I think he's going to, he's already very good. And I think he's going to end up reaching that level. Just some behind the back passes, no look passes, awesome out of pick and roll, just a, such a flashy guy, but he's just a very good player, a point guard. Uh, that plays for Illinois. And and last year, he did play, I think, about 60% of his team's minutes, but he did play behind guys like Desunmu and like Trent Frazier, guys that are now gone, and he's going to get even more time. He's going to be relied on. I think he could put up some really big assist numbers, and on top of that, he's going to be awesome to watch. So, again, to wrap that, that segment up, Javon Quinterly, number one, Andre Curbelo too. If you haven't seen those guys yet, I would definitely tune in next year. I think obviously they're going to take even another step forward. Two guys that catch my eye as uh, maybe borderline NBA prospects, but you know, let's just enjoy them while they're great college basketball players. Okay, so the second topic here now is when we'll transition kind of into NBA prospects. So this one is the freshman that will have the biggest impact on a championship contending team. So I I think we got to start here with, to me, the number one team entering the season and the guy that most considered to be the number one incoming prospect in Chet Holmgren going to Gonzaga. We just saw him dominate at the under-19 FIBA youth tournament uh, as the U.S. won that tournament over France. Comes in mostly regarded again as the number one recruit in the nation. Super talented, a guy that's seven foot one, can play inside now, and is a generational rim protector. And what I just love about Gonzaga is they have balanced recruiting high end talent, but just having a mixture on their roster of guys that have been in the program for a while, mixed with these high end newer recruits. And they just find a way to fit these puzzle pieces together so well. We saw that last year. And I think Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren are are definitely, to me at least, the most talented front court in college basketball. But also, they fit together perfectly like puzzle pieces. Because if you saw Timmy last year in the tournament, he is... And actually, if you dig into the stats, like on a points per possession basis, like his efficiency in the post, he's basically the, he is the most efficient post player ever since they started keeping track of those kind of play specific 
uh, points per possession efficiency stats. He's just awesome on the post. Uh, that's kind of uh, a dying breed in the NBA, not something you see as often, but in college, he's a guy that can just score on guys one-on-one -on -one in the post and can also handle it out a bit on the perimeter too. But uh, Chet, um, Chet Holmgren just kind of uh, balances that out so perfectly on both sides of the ball because offensively, Chet can really space out to the three-point line. But he also does cover up for Timmy's weaknesses defensively where, again, Holmgren, fantastic rim protector, can come over and just block everything on a weak side, kind of rotating over, but also he's just a complete rim deterrent. Uh, so he's going to help that defense and offensively that spacing around Timmy in the middle. The most talented front court, and also they fit so well together, and I think that positional group is what's going to lead Gonzaga to being the number one team in the country this year. Okay, so number two here in the freshman that will have the biggest impact on a championship contending team. For my second entry here for this superlative, I have Caleb Houston out of Michigan. Uh, if you guys have followed our show, you know that uh, I loved Moses Moody last year at Arkansas. Uh, they both came from Montverde and, you know, surface level, pretty similar players where they've got very good positional size. They're high field players at, you know, whether you want to call them twos or wings, and they can really more than anything, shoot the lights out of the ball. Uh, I, I'm a sucker for those kind of guys. Those guys tend to translate really well to the NBA, but I also think that this Michigan team is going to be contending for a championship I, I don't have them as the number one or two team. I think I have Texas number two behind Gonzaga entering next season. But outside of a couple of maybe the top three or four teams, Michigan will be in contention. I think they should be the best team in the Big Ten next year. Uh, so I think he's the guy that's going to come in and contribute. He's going to shoot the ball, space it out. Uh, at 6'8", at he's got good size on the wing, and I think he's exactly what Michigan needs, and he's going to help them contend both for the Big Ten, but also for a national championship next year. So I've got a couple more fun topics coming up, but first, let's get into a break. Hey guys, so there are a few things in life that just are not that fun to talk about. One of them can be excessive sweating, you know, when you're at work or you're up there giving a speech in front of people and you can just feel yourself sweating through your shirt. It sucks and it's kind of embarrassing, right? Some of you might have gone through that before, uh, but luckily there is this new brand out and it's called Sweatblock. Uh, so Sweatblock is stronger and it's more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. All you do is simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, the next morning you wake up, go about your day without worrying about sweating. And that's guaranteed. I know this sounds too good to be true, but uh, I've been sent their supplies and I think it's worked really well. I only have to use it two or three times a week and it, it really does its job. So if you or someone you love is dealing with this, uh, you have to check this out. It's called Sweatblock. You can get it for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that you stream your favorite shows, and another you watch highlights, and then another that you might use your friend's login to watch a, another different show. Well, 
a lot of us are like this now where we just use so many different uh, streaming services. But I want to tell you about a simple way that you can get all your entertainment that you love without the hassle all in one place. And that is called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. So get rid of the clutter and confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content does vary by package. Okay, so staying on the topic of some of these highly ranked freshmen, the next topic that I have set out for myself here is the most underranked freshmen coming in. Uh, in other words, which freshmen do I believe will outperform their ranking throughout this season and also looking forward to potentially their NBA futures as well? And so to start out with, to me, the easiest guy is A.J. Griffin, who's going to Duke, played his high school basketball at Archbishop Stepanak. The reason why he did slide down some of the rankings is because he missed part of his senior year and also part of his sophomore year due to nagging injuries, but he's ready to go. He's going to play at Duke. It's going to be a bounce-back season for Duke, I do believe, this year. And look, when you look at this guy, he, he was ranked RSCI, which uh, for those of you who haven't heard that before, it's kind of the aggregate of all the services. So on average, he's been ranked kind of the 16th best prospect. And look, this is like probably the easiest take in draft evaluation history that AJ Griffin is going to outperform his ranking at 16. I actually... You know, here's my hot take for the podcast. I think he's going to end up going top three. When we look at the 2022 draft 10 months from now, you heard it here first. I think AJ Griffin is going to go top three on draft night. And I believe that I'm going to have him top three on my personal board as well. I have him as a top three guy coming into the class along with Chet Holmgren and with uh, Paulo Boncaro, who will be joining him at Duke. So Duke... No surprises there. They've got a fantastic class. And to get into A.J. Griffin a bit in terms of kind of what his game is like, he he's a 6'7", just kind of wing, who's a very, very good athlete. You'll see some highlight dunks from him, but also a very good perimeter shot creator. I think his handle is pretty solid for a guy his size and can just make a variety of different shots from the perimeter. So he's got the physical tools. The jump shot is in a good spot right now, but I think it'll be even better when he gets the reps in, gets the time in. And just to combine his pedigree, being the son of Adrian Griffin, with his physical tools, with where his skill level's at right now, I just think that's a guy that you can bet on being a top three guy. He's a guy that I really like compared to the consensus. And second here, after AJ Griffin, he was an easy pick for this topic. But also a guy I like, another wing, believe it or not, out of Florida State is Matthew Cleveland. So stop me if you've heard this one before, but Florida State has another good incoming uh, wing prospect. And Matthew Cleveland, he's six foot seven, so he's not as big as like an Isaac or a Scotty Barnes. 
In terms of physical profile, he's actually probably closer to a Devin Vassell, another guy that I really loved. But he is he in terms of his ranking, he was at RSCI 17, so one spot behind AJ Griffin. But he can already shoot the ball better than guys like a Barnes or a Jonathan Isaac to compare him again to past Florida State wings. A very good athlete and developing skill set as well. So I think he's on par with a lot of the kind of freshmen that we've seen at Florida State before. He's not as good defensively as a Barnes or Isaac again, but he is better offensively at this point in time. And I I don't think Florida State is going to be quite as talented as they've been the last couple of years. I envision them more so being kind of the latter the latter end of the top 25 as opposed to like a top five to 10 team in the country. So a very good team, but I do think he's going to get more time than he would if he were to come into like a top five potential, like very, very good college basketball team. So again, AJ Griffin and Matthew Cleveland, two wings that I really like. And the way that, you know, I looked at this is, do I believe they're going to, end up having a better career, they're going to outperform their aggregate ranking right now coming in. And so at 16 and 17, AJ Griffin, again, to me, a very easy bet. But Cleveland, too, I I just think he's going to end up being better than the 17th best player in this class. So that that doesn't necessarily mean that I think he's going to be a lottery pick next year. He might. But Of course, there's going to be returning college basketball players and international guys drafted. So I do think there's a good chance he is a one-and-done guy. But if I'm looking five, seven years down the line, I do think Matthew Cleveland will be better than the 17th best player out of this high school class. Okay, so the next topic is something that we have to hit on. We have to hit on the transfer portal because... This year, there was unprecedented activity in the transfer portal, and it's going to have a massive, massive impact on the way that this college basketball season plays out. And so this topic I have titled as the under the radar impactful transfers this year. So I do think these guys will have an impact this coming season, but also just moving forward in the future for the schools where they ended up. The first guy that I have on this list is Justin Powell out of Tennessee. Well, he transferred to Tennessee from Auburn. A guy that only played like the first half or maybe even less than half of the year last year, but he was an under-the-radar freshman that I liked. And frankly, a guy that I would have considered drafting at the end of the second round last year because he is 6'6" can kind of play both guard positions. They had him run some point guard last year, but more than anything, shot 44% from three. You know, obviously it was a small sample. He only played uh, like half the games last year, but to get a guard who can handle, who has size at 6'6", but can shoot the ball that well, uh, he's a guy that I like and think might end up being an NBA player. So Tennessee has Kennedy Chandler incoming, arguably the top point guard incoming freshman. And then I really like Justin Powell in that backcourt as well. Uh, So he would be the first one there. The second guy for me here is 
a bit of a deep dive, kind of a maybe a diamond hidden in the rough. And that is Chad Baker, who transferred to San Diego State. So if you've listened to my podcast before, specifically last week's episode, last Wednesday, uh, Will Morris and I talked about how we'd like to evaluate and find just because we like doing this draft stuff, you know, there are always the higher end freshmen that come in and you know, they're going to be good NBA players. You know, they're going to be drafted in the first round, but we like to look at the guys that are returning for their second season in college and might just make that jump to eventually becoming NBA players. You know, to me, that's a lot of the fun is finding some of these diamonds in the rough, finding these guys that might blow up but finding them kind of before the rest of the people do, that's kind of a lot of the fun of this work to me. Chad Baker, to me, is one of those guys. And so in doing this, I've tr- I've kind of created my own metric, my own process of finding which freshmen returning for their second college basketball season might be primed to break out and eventually become NBA prospects and NBA players. And he was in that group last year that qualified for that. And I think that he's got a chance to do that. He's got some good size. He shot the ball really well at Duquesne. And so San Diego State is a good place to end up. We've seen transfers end up there, most recently with Malachi Flynn transferring from Washington State, a guy that I absolutely loved and is going to be a longtime NBA player. But we've seen transfers end up at San Diego State and really flourish. I'll be interested to see how many minutes Chad Baker gets this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does end up becoming kind of a fringe NBA player or a fringe NBA prospect at least. And he's a guy that doesn't get talked about right now. So I'm just telling you guys, Chad Baker is a name to keep your eye on moving forward. So in the final segment, we've got our final two superlatives to hit on. But first, let's get into our final break. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you've listened to our show before, you've heard me talk about it. I'm not a guy that generally loves protein bars other than Built Bar because I just don't really like the taste. But it is different with Built Bar. They've got so many flavors like coconut, mint brownie, double chocolate, strawberry, orange, German German chocolate, and more. They're 100% covered in chocolate. But also on top of that, they are healthy for health-conscious health guys like me. Uh, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and net carbs, 17 to 18 grams of protein. So amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. You can order today and use our promo code because of course you're listening to our show you can go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 50 15 percent off your order so that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com it's that time of year again and all eyes are now turning back to football as teams are back on the gridiron and getting ready to start the football season as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at Bet Online. So be sure to take advantage 
of their opening day Super Promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up. So bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports from football to basketball, boxing, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage. Go to Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. So like I said at the top, in order to kind of spread around the wealth here, once I talk about a certain school, I'm going to not use them again, again, just to spread the wealth and hit on different schools. So, so far, we talked about Alabama, Illinois, Gonzaga, Michigan, Duke, FSU, Tennessee, and San Diego State. And now my next topic is which conference is strongest at the top? In other words, which conference has kind of the three best teams at the top? And to me, you can't look any further than the Big 12. I love Texas. I think to me, they're the second best team in the country behind Gonzaga heading into the year. They've got a top three coach to me and Chris Beard, and he has been scouring the transfer scene. The transfer portal has been awesome to them, and they're re- returning a couple of good players as well. And then after that, I I really like Baylor and Kansas. After that, in terms of the depth, we'll see uh, kind of how the conference does shake out. But I really love I really love Texas, and then Baylor. To me, they've got you know obviously they got the pedigree. They just won the national championship. They lost their entire starting backcourt, the three guys that kind of carried them all year. But I do love the incoming freshman class with both Kendall Brown and Langston Love. They're guys that I also believe will exceed and will outplay their ranking and guys that can provide minutes right away. They've also got some good transfers like James Akinjo from Arizona who can take some ball handling responsibility. And I also do expect Matthew Meyer to take on some more usage and I think he could end up being an NBA prospect by the end of the year as well. So Baylor and Kansas, I I could go back and forth on who's 2-3. I'm excited to see Kansas again this year. I think they're going to be better for sure than they were last year. When you think, I don't know, at least when I think of Bill Self led Kansas teams over the last 15, 20 years. You think of some of their superstar point guards, like lead ball handlers that they've had. And frankly, they just didn't have that last year. That was something they struggled with. And so they've tried to address that this year. They've brought in some transfers in Remy Martin and Joseph Yasufu to take some of the ball handling responsibilities. And yeah, just to get them into their offense and get them looking more like a Bill Self Kansas-led team. Those three teams, I think, are all going to be top 15 teams in the country at minimum. So to me, that's the strongest top of a conference. Again, really like Texas. I think if I had to pick, I would go, I'd go Texas, Kansas, and then Baylor. But the top three there is as good as any. And so I think that, to me, if I had to pick, would be the, the best top of a conference in college basketball, but I think you could argue for the ACC, you could argue for the Big Ten. I think the Pac-12 will overall be better than it was last year as well. 
And now to get into my final topic, which is the biggest swing players in college basketball this year. So these two guys might not be the very best guys in college basketball. They might not be the guys that you think of first, but to me, these guys are some of the most critical when looking at how their teams will perform next year. So I think there's kind of a wide range of outcomes with these guys next year. And depending on how well they do will be a very important determining factor in how well their teams do. And so to me, the easiest answer here is Caleb Love out of UNC. So look, with him, he was a top 15 recruit coming in. He was a guy that a lot of people thought would be a one and done guy. And he just, he just wasn't that efficient last year. He didn't shoot the ball well at all. And UNC just had a down year. I, I expect them to be better with Hubert Davis this year. I expect them to be a bit more modern. And especially with some of the transfers they've brought in with Dawson Garcia and Brady Manick, I expect some better spacing. I don't want to see just two bigs clogging the paint all the time. So I think that'll help Caleb Love. But like I said, I like Garcia. I like Manick. I like Hubert Davis taking over for North Carolina. I think they could be like a, a fringe title contender, not a top five team, but in the six to 15 range in college basketball next year. But a lot of that is just going to come down to just how good is Caleb Love next year? Is he one of the better point guards in the country? Is he going to live up to the billing and expectations a lot of guys had with him being a, a legit NBA point guard? To me, it looks like he's probably not going to be that good, but he can still be a really good college basketball point guard for North Carolina next year. And so if he if he plays up to our expectations and maybe even exceeds them just because of the new surrounding cast that he has there and a year of development in the offseason, then I think UNC is going to finish 6 through 10 in the country next year. If not, they're probably a team closer to the bottom of the top 25. And then similar thought here for the second guy. UCLA is not a team that I've covered yet. They are a team to me that is a top 10 team coming back. They've got Tiger Campbell. They've got Johnny Juzang. They've got a very good incoming freshman class as well. So when I look at them, the guy that to me is the pivot point for UCLA is Johnny Juzang. He's the guy that led them in the tournament last year, but he's a guy that was inconsistent at times to start the year. Because if you, if you followed his journey, he played as a freshman at Kentucky. He was a big recruit, just didn't get much time at all at Kentucky and didn't play that well when he did. And then it took him to while, it took him a while to get acclimated at UCLA but about halfway through the year, he started playing a lot better and then was absolutely dynamite in the tournament. He was probably one of the very best players in the whole NCAA tournament, just a mid-range killer and looked awesome. He's got good size on the wing for a shot maker as well. Had some looks in the NBA draft, but he really struggled in the combine, which was a bit surprising. And so he opted to come back to UCLA they're going to be a good team. Like I said, they've got the core returning plus some good young players. Mick Cronin proved that he could make UCLA good last year. They made it so far 
in the tournament. But I think a lot of it is just going to come down to which Johnny Juzang are we going to see? Which Juzang is the real one? Is it the guy that we've seen early on at UCLA, at Kentucky, and kind of in the combine where he just clearly was not really an NBA player? Or is he the guy that we saw the second half of the year at UCLA and in the tournament? Because if so, then we're talking about one of the best players in college basketball. And we're talking about a guy that can be one of the you know, best or second best player on the top 10 team in the country. I think UCLA can be that. Again, a lot of it just comes down to Johnny Juzang. So again, to, to recap, the two guys that I have there, Caleb Love, North Carolina, Johnny Juzang, UCLA. So throughout this show, we've covered probably the majority of the top 15 teams in college basketball. I hope this has been kind of a good a good primer. It's been fun for me to go through and kind of put my my thoughts down in my notes as I prepared. You can follow me at Draft Dummies on Twitter. I've been doing a lot of work posting stats uh, on some of the young players and rookies in the NBA, as well as posting clips and my thoughts about guys that will be coming into college basketball as the incoming freshman next season. So thank you again for tuning in. I appreciate all the listeners and just always excited to talk hoops. Today on the Lockdown Today podcast, you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of your local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.